0: All right, but anyway, we're going to get right into God's Word. I got a lot of Word for you. Uh, I, I hope that you take this morning tape and connect the information because there's a, a lot of words. Amen. There's no shortage of word in this house. All right. Now, let's go to our subject, Galatia chapter 3. Galatia chapter number 3, and we're going to get going here. Galatia uh, chapter number three. And we want to go to start reading verse number one because there was a question that the apostle Paul asked the Galatians. And we're going to use that for our, our subject today. Galatians chapter number three. And we're going to use that because that's the question uh, that was asked the Galatians. Uh, verse number one. You ought to be there by now. We're going to come back to this camera. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set for crucified among you? So God called his death, and resurrection, his crucifixion, the truth. And then in verse number 2 said, This only will I learn of you. Receive ye the spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. So he's asking them, how did you receive the Holy Spirit? By the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Now you gotta understand, the works of the law is what John the Baptist did. The works of the law is what Moses did. Anything in the Old Testament, and if, if it was natural, it was called the works of the law. Then in verse number, thank you, Holy Spirit, we love you. This only what I learn of you. Receive you the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish? Have begun in the spirit, are you made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be in vain? He therefore that minister to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, does he do it, does he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How does he do it? Now that's the question. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to teach the answer and show you what Paul is talking about. He's asking them how do they receive the how do they receive the spirit, and that's what we want to do today. And because remember last week we taught on spiritual life. Say so that with me, spiritual, spiritual life. Now you have to have spiritual life before you can enter into eternal life. Now I wanna I wanna take my time out uh, and really talk on this because uh, I if, I want to make. I believe you can see that. I believe you can see that, uh, Cassandra. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your, your little seat there, and I'm gonna come down and sit right before the people there. All right, uh, she's gonna get that, sir. So not to worry about it. All right, one of my ministers get that. Right there, you there you go, brother. There you go. All right. Then my little. Naughty, I got a, I got a little kit there. Watch what he's doing. Watch what she's doing. All right. There you go. I'm gonna do this now. You're going to put it right in front of me, right? All right, there you go. I'm going to come bring all of my gear down here to you. I'm going to get closer. Thank you. I'm okay. Uh-huh. I'm all right. How you like my seat? This is, I'm going to show it off because this is what my daughter says. This is your Christmas gift. She said, I might as well give it to you now. So I didn't want to say, do I have anything that's coming? But I didn't want to say nothing. <laughs> this is it, right? <laughs> is that all right with y'all now? All right. All right. Now, what I want to do today, I want to, you know, I don't have to move now. They get they close up there. They can, I can swivel. You got that? Okay. There you go. That's why I'm doing this, okay? So I'm doing it like my daughter. I'm not going to despise what she says to me. All right, you got my drink. There you go, brother. He takes care of me. All right, now what I want to do, we're talking about how to receive. Now, last week, we talked about spiritual life. One more time, spiritual life. Say it with me. Now, that's what you have to have. Now, people tell you all this stuff, so I want to talk to you. Uh, I'm not going back to this time, but I'm just going to talk to you. I gave you the other two life, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. God gave Adam, breathed into Adam nostrils, the breath of life. That's Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. When God breathed into Adam nostrils the breath of life, it's when Adam became a living soul. So we call that soul life. Now, the reason why I'm saying that, because that's... Uh, uh, the life that he lost was spiritual life. All right. So we're going we gonna to show you that. The life for the soul is what he lost. All right. So Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground, breathing to his nostril the breath of life. Man became a living soul. Then I gave you Job 33 and verse 4. Let's go there quickly. I'm only going to spend a few minutes on this because I got to get to where I got to go. All right, let's go over to the book of Job, and we want to look at chapter number 33. I want to show people out there who think that they are saved by water baptism that you're not. All right, so my subject day, once again, is receiving spiritual life. Now, last week, I taught on spiritual life. You can get next week's tape, last week's tape. I'm going to be going to Romans chapter 8. Don't let me forget that. I'm going to go there next. If I can, don't forget it. Romans 8, 1. All right. Now, Job 33 and verse 4 is what's on the screen now. The Spirit of God has made me. Now, this this is Job quoting Genesis 2, 7, because he knew how God made man. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. How did he receive his life? The breath of the Almighty. The breath of the Almighty is also the Holy Spirit. But he's showing you how he got life. All right? Uh, I'm going I'm to run a couple of these down for you. Look at, look at Job while you're there, 34 and 14. Uh, I'm just showing you there's a lot of good stuff uh, in, in the Word, if you could just take time to study. Verse 30, 34 and verse 14 says, uh, if he set his heart up on man, if he gather unto himself his spirit, this is what happened when, uh, when he said, if he set his heart up on man, if he gather unto himself his spirit and his breath. All right. But I want to show you Ecclesiastes. Now watch what Ecclesiastes is going to say. Chapter 12. Now this is what we was going to do. I don't think we got to it, but... I want to show you in Ecclesiastes because I, I got on showing you Thessalonians. I won't go back that way today. I'm going to show you in Thessalonians because the, they, when you read Thessalonians, it's the first Thessalonians was to the Jewish believer. And that's, that's what, in the beginning, that's why Paul wrote two books. So you have to understand why Paul wrote two books of Corinth. So you have to understand, he wrote two books for different reasons. All right, 1 Thessalonians, he had written to the Jewish believer on a fulfilling of the day uh, of, of the feast days. And that's why you have 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. It is a fulfillment of what Jesus did on the Feast of Tabernacles. If you ever study Leviticus chapter 23, and we I ask all the people to do that this time, is read, read Leviticus chapter 23. In Leviticus chapter 23, it's going to tell you about the feast, the seven feast days. Well, that's what Jesus came to fulfill. So you have to understand, Jesus had to fulfill, and he had to fulfill it before the end of their dispensation. So that's why when you read, they said the Lord is going to come back with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. Those people understood that because they were Jews, and the Feast of Tabernacles, they could not live in their home. They had to come out of their houses, build booths, little tents, we call them, and they had to live inside of those tents, little booths, and they had to have their dinners and food and everything going on inside there, and their lights burning and all of that. And the Lord going to come at midnight. Jesus taught on that. You would hear the voice of the bridegroom coming. Come out to meet him. See, when you read Jesus, you'll know all of that's Feast of Tabernacles. And they will all be out to meet him. And then they said, the bridegroom cometh. See, if you put those things together with those Feast of Tabernacles, then you'll know it has nothing to do with you. All right? But the Second Corinthians does, chapter 5, if this earthly house, put that on the screen, if this earthly house of this tabernacle was dissolved, we have a building of God. See, you're not going to the ground. I just want to make sure you understand as believers, if you go by 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and verse 13, you are in the ground. So when you read that, it'll say, those that sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Well, where are you when you die? They're going to put you in the ground. They're saying, if you go by that chapter, you are buried in the ground, and when the Lord comes, He's gonna raise you from the dead. Now, that's not you. Those were the Jewish believers. Okay? So you have to understand that. Now, you are 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If this earthly house of this tabernacle is tabernacle desire, we have a building of God. That's who Christ is. A house not made with hands. Sometimes you could put it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Whenever you get to it, you can put it on the screen. 2 Corinthians 5 1. For we know that if this earthly house and this tabernacle this hour, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heaven. In this we groan honestly, desire to be clothed upon with our house from heaven. Well, that's what he's talking about. Our house, which is from heaven. Well, that's who Christ is. That's why the Paul talked about put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. What he's talking about, put on, that's what happened when you're born of the Spirit. Well, you gotta have your spiritual life before you die. Now, I'm, I'm going to show you in the Word. Let's go to Ecclesiastes, then I want to go back to Genesis, then I want to get in my message, okay? All of this is just to get you going. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. Let's go back there because you got to understand that you do not go to the ground. When you are saved, that's what it means by being saved. Now, the man that ain't, excuse my English, not saved, yeah, he go to the ground. Because he does not have anywhere else to go. He has eternal death. And eternal death begins in the grave. All right. And it ends up in the lake of fire. All right. So Ecclesiastes chapter 12 is what I be waiting for. Okay. Verse 6 says. "Or ever he's talking about when a man died. The silver cord be loose, The gold bowl be broken. Or the pitcher be broken at the fountain. Or the wheel broken at the system. Everything is broken. See, that's a man that's died then after he died then shall the dust return to the earth as it was and the spirit shall return to god who gave it see you don't go to the ground you go back to god that's why paul gave you 1 Corinthians five and if this earthly house is tapping out of this hour that's what he's giving you the revelation of it you don't go back to the ground the soul leave the body and go back to be with the lord to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Said to be absent from the body yes. is to be present with the Lord. Yes. See, that's what salvation is. That means God delivered you from your body. He saved your body. He, just like He did Israel, He brought them out of Egypt. He's bringing you out of, out of that our house, okay? That's why God gave us Romans chapter 7. Let me show it to you quickly. Headed to my message. Romans chapter 7. So in Romans chapter 7, Paul talked about this Uh, in chapter 7, Romans chapter 7, and he talked about it, and then chapter, see, those three chapters, Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, all of those were what God had done. Chapter 6, we were dead to sin. Chapter 7, not us, but Israel. They were dead to sin, then dead to the law, chapter 7, and then uh, chapter 8, new creation. All right, now let's look at Romans chapter 7. We're going to be looking at 8 anyway. We'll be right there. Romans chapter 7, uh, verse 24. Let's put that on the screen. Romans chapter 7, verse 24. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? See, who's going to deliver me from the body? That's why you're saved. You're saved because God is your deliverer. He delivered you already from your body. And I'm going to show you when I get to chapter 8, you are not in the flesh no more. So when the flesh, the body goes to the ground, you don't go to the ground with it. Hello. All right. Now, come on now. Y'all got to receive the word. Amen. All right. Wait. Amen. Now, you want to go to down with the ground, go to ground with the ground, with the body. Just go with the ground. Go down the, Go down and see what's down there, okay? It's up to you. That's why there's so many people in the graveyard. Because they, they've been told by preachers that they're put in the ground, so they'll take their chair, their furniture. Now, they're out there in the graveyard. They got uh, uh, trees. They got... They'll be putting Christmas trees out there alone. They they does it all. We pass right by there. We see them all the time. They got lights. Don't people in the ground can't see no light? You about to give them the light now. All right. People play with their salvation. They don't think it's real. And all of a sudden, you're dead. Now what? All right. Now, let's look at verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. We're in Romans 7, 24. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God. That's why he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you have to understand that that's why you say God deliver you from this body. Okay, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm trying to read all that. Those are the kind of things I'm telling you on this tape so you can go back and read. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 through 8. Show you that if you're the house or your tabernacle tapping out you have another building. Not made with hand. And it's not the ground. Watch this. It's eternal in the heavens. So that means that God has another body, a glorified body you would live in for eternity called eternal life. Let me say it again. Your eternity is in an eternal body that will live forever. All right. Now, let me put down the word uh, eternity. I gave you that word this morning, what eternity is. So if you know what you know, and the way you have to do is receive. That's one word you have to do. Eternal life is what I want to give you this morning. I didn't give it to you. I'm going to give you that before I go to Romans 8. It's in Isaiah 57, verse 15 and 16. We're going to go there. We're going to talk about eternal life. And we're going to show you what God lived. And because you can't live with God unless you have spiritual life, which is eternal life. All right. Now here, eternal life means. Living in eternity. You're not living in eternity now. You have the Holy Spirit now, but you're not living in eternity. You are in an earthly body that you're going to have to leave. This is your house now. Your home. But, But eternal life means a physical, eternal life after physical death. You get eternal life after physical death. Say that with me. You get eternal life after physical death. All right, so that's why you have to receive Christ now in your heart and receive the Spirit, because if you don't have the Spirit, you're none of His. That's why you got to understand this is not a game. That's why I'm going through this step by step. If I have to teach it again to next week, I'm going to finish this one. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, now I'm going to take it to Isaiah 57. All right, Isaiah chapter 57. Uh, Let's look at that, and I want to look at verse 15. Isaiah chapter 57 and verse number 15. Because you have to know where God lived. This is where you are going, and it's not going up yonder. You don't have to to say going up yonder just because people made the song 50 years ago. They didn't know. They just going up yonder. You know it's up yonder, but up yonder where? I mean, if you're going to tell me, Pastor, I'm getting ready to go somewhere. I won't know where you're going if I'm going with you. Well, I'm just going up yonder. Okay. Isaiah 57 and verse 15. It's on the screen, King James Version. For thus said the high and Lofty one that inhabited eternity. Otherwise, what does he live? The word inhabited means live. He tells you where he lived. He lived in eternity. All right, now you got to have Christ in you, the Holy Spirit in you, be in a spiritual life, eternal life, before you can go into eternity. See, the life you have now is for now. That's why we have the second life, which was Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11 and verse 14. It was called natural life. It was in the blood, the life of the flesh in the blood. So you have the life of the soul, Genesis 2, 7. Then you have the life of the flesh and the blood, Leviticus 17, 10 and verse 14. The life of the flesh and the blood. That's natural life. To live here, you have to have those natural life. But then the third life is spiritual life. That's when the Holy Ghost come live here. You have now spiritual life. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have spiritual life. And all these people telling you about water baptism, you will never get spiritual life, sir. Because that's not how you get it. Last week tape told you that's who Christ is. Jesus, I, 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 in John 10 and 10, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so when you see Christ in your heart, you receive eternal life. You receive spiritual life. It's eternal, but it's spiritual life. And that's the life you got to have go to go into eternity with God. You can't go in there with natural life. You have to have eternal life. Let me read it again. we in Isaiah 57, 15 says, For thus saith the high and the Lofty one that inhabited, lives in eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell, I live in the high and holy place. How many know what the high and the holy place is? Doesn't hurt. Once y'all gonna get it one time. There ain't but three places. And that's the most holy and the holy. You the holy. And then what God is is the most holy. Those that's where. But God lives now in this holy place. That's the church. And that's who you are. You are the holy place. Paul told us in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, 17. Told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. You are the temple of God. You're the place God lives. And yet, people go to church all their life and don't know God lived right now. My point is, if you ever realize where God lives, you won't be trying to go somewhere. God lives in eternity. We have to find out that's who's in you. Once Christ comes inside of you, he is called eternity. That's where God lives, and that's where you have to be to be with him always in eternity. Only thing you're going to do is pull off your flesh. Your body going to have to be pulled off just like a banana. And when that happens, you better make sure that you have somewhere to go because you just can't walk around on planet Earth. All right, verse 15 again. For thus said the high and the lofty one that inhabits eternity, who dwell, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and the holy place. Talking about, in the next verse, said, with him. Somebody said with him. Yeah. So he dwell in your heart with you. Also, that is of a contrite and humble spirit. Why did he come inside of you? To revive the spirit of the humble. He came in you to make you alive. That's what revive means. He coming in you to make you alive. That's why I don't have a problem when the church has revival. Church has revival. I thought that's why God came and live in the church, to revive them. All right, but it's all right. Maybe there's some dead folk up in there that need to revive. And so, I guess. He's gonna tell you again, he can't revive the spirit of the humble and revive the heart of the contrite one. So when God come in you, he revived. How many know what revive mean again? <laughs> Made you alive. He quickened. He quickened you, okay? And then he says in verse 16, I will not contend forever. All right. I'm not going to. Okay. Neither will I be regard angry. I won't be angry. For the spirit shall fall before me. The spirit shall fall before me. And the souls which I have made. Those are the people that want God. All right. Now, is anything else I got out there before I move? Romans chapter 8. 8. Thank you very much. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. All right. Romans chapter 8. I see we got Carolyn here. We got, don't worry, we got Carolyn. Carolyn is straightened me out over here. Romans chapter 8. All right. Now, I'm not going to read all of this. I'll start verse 1. Are you there? Now, Romans chapter 8 gave you a key. Now, we're talking about how to receive spiritual life. All right, I got four minutes, and I got to get where I got to go. All right, everything else I'm doing is getting you ready for this. Romans 8, 1 said, therefore, now no condemnation. Who he's talking about? Them, they in Christ. Are you in Christ? So if you're not in Christ, you don't need to play with us no more. It's time out for playing around. You die, you're going to hell you're not saved. This is not a game. You cannot go to, go to heaven on church membership. All right? All right. You, can, you go, to, go, go to God and give a certificate. i go going to do a phrase, praise God. All right. Now, now, here we go. There are therefore no condemnation to them which are where? In Christ Jesus, who walk not for the flesh but after the spirit. Then he's going to say the law of the spirit of life. What is it called? The law of the spirit of life. The spirit of life is a law. And what the spirit of life did when it came inside of you is made sure that he delivered you from sin and death. When God gave you the spirit of Christ, the Bible called the spirit of life. That's why I'm I'm teaching today on spiritual life. Once God gave you spiritual life or the spirit of Christ, he came inside of you. Keep reading. He has made me free from the law of sin and death. So you are free. He came in your soul and delivered you, saved you from sin and from death. So I think you ought to give him a big hand for that, all right? That's what God did when he put his spirit in you. So what happens if a man don't have the Holy Spirit? He's not saved from sin and death. You don't get saved from sin and death until the Spirit of God comes inside of you, although God did the work on the cross 2,000 years ago. All right? Now, verse number three, what the law could not do. Now, he's talking about water baptism. John the Baptist, all those guys back there could not do. and that it was weak through the flesh. God said in his own son in his life full of sinful flesh, he came in for sin and he condemned sin in the flesh. Christ had to do it. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilling us who walk out the flesh without the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. That's how he's telling you how you know you, you're saved. If you don't want the word, you're not saved. That's what he said. They that are after the flesh, they, they, they mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, they want the things of the spirit. So you're the only one know, do you ever get a hunger and a thirst for the word? That's why Jesus said, if you're hungry and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. So what happens to people when they don't want God, when they don't want the word? You see, you got to go look at your life. You go to church, but do you ever want the word? I mean, you sit in church and just sit in church and just look at me. Don't mean you want no word. Amen. All right, you, that's up to you. I can't, I can't make you get saved. All right, just like bringing a hog or a cow to the water, but you can't make them drink. They stand and look at you like, okay, they're the water. All right, that's all I can do, put it before you. First Timothy 5. They did after the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh, they did after the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded, this is what it means to be not saved. To be carnally minded is death. If you still have a carnal mind, a natural mind, you, you are spiritually dead. To be carnally minded is death. That means you do not have no mind for God. You never think of God. You come to kind of mind You think of everything else. But never God. You the only one can think, you the only one can think about that. Have you ever just get up some and say, Man, I just want to talk, think about the Lord today. I just, my mind just been on the Lord today. That ever happen to you? You need to make sure it does. Because to be to kind of mind is death. That means you have a dead soul. Does not think about God. All right, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. So if you, you are saved, you have a spiritual mind. Nobody got to tell you anything about God. You think about God all the time. You think about the spirit. You think about the word. You're the only one to know that. That's how you know you're saved. Not water baptism. To be carnal mind is death. To be spiritual mind is life and peace. Not water baptism. Then verse seven said, "Because the corner mind is enmity against God. If you got a of mind, you don't want God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be. It will not obey God. When you're not saved, you don't. You don't want. You can't. You can't tell me nothing. You know. You got your own mind. I mean, it's it's my thing. And verse number 8. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh. See, you get born again, you're not in the flesh. That's why the flesh is going to go one way when you die, and your spirit is going to be with the Lord. All right? For they that are in the flesh, for they that are, uh, but you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. That's what you got to say. Where am I? I'm in the spirit. You're in the spirit now. Why? Because you have spiritual life. Once you get spiritual life, you live in Christ. You live in the spirit. So that means you need to walk in the Spirit. All right? So if, you be, if so, be that the Spirit of God live in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is not healed. So you got to understand, it's very important for you calling God. See, God, in the Bible, God was the God of Israel. He was the God of Abraham. He was God of Isaac, God of Jacob, God of Israel. God is not the God of none of these other religions. It's not in the Bible. So when you hear people say, oh, yeah, I'm in this here and God, God is not your God. It's not in this Bible. God is not the God of no other nation in the Bible but Israel. He's the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. That's in this Bible. But he's not all these people gods. So they worship something but not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right, not the God who created Adam and Eve and and walked down through this Bible. That's what this Bible is about. One day I'm going to show you, hopefully the Lord will allow me to. I I don't know, do we have to come to a time of spiritual growth? Uh, Because that's the second thing happening once you get saved. You get born of the Spirit, number one. Number two, you, you have to grow. Those are things you have to do in your life. Those are just like steps. The first step, you get born of the Spirit. Make sure you get the Spirit. The second thing, you have to grow. And most people get born again and they just, I don't need to grow. You know, just, I don't want to say that. I was going to say that, but that's what babies do. So let me move on. Hallelujah. Stay focused. <laughs> all right. All right. Now, let's go back to what I had to this morning. Did I got anything else out there? Good. Now, this morning, I, I gave you the, the walk from John the Baptist. Let's go back quickly because I got 27 minutes. Help me to get it done, Lord. It's going to be brief. I'm not reading all these things this time. You have to get this going and take. The Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 1. Mark gave you John baptism. So put these down. Put these down, and we're just going to run through them. Uh, Acts chapter number, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 1. I'm I'm just going to do verse 4 and 5. I'll give you my notes. Don't mess up my notes. Mark chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Then I'm going to go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Then I'm going to go to Acts chapter 2, verse 36 through 39. may not do all of that, just give it to you. Then I'm going to go to Acts chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. Then we're going to go to Acts chapter 8. I think I'm going to start somewhere like verse 17 through 20. Maybe 14 through 20, but it won't be, won't be what I got. All right. Then after that, we're going to go to uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 48. I'm giving all to you, but I'm not going to read it all. Then after that, I'm going to give you Acts chapter 19. Verse 1 through 8, I'm giving to you all, but I'm not going to read all. Then last, I'm going to give you Hebrew chapter 6, 1 through 4. I'm showing you when the Holy Ghost came and how people received the Spirit all the way up to you. So you will not get confused no more. Where we start at? The Gospel of Mark. 1, 4, and 5. Let's go to the screen. I'm going to start with verse 4 and 5, not verse 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. All right, here we go. John did baptize in the wilderness, preaching the baptism of repentance. So in your notes, if you take a note, John preached the baptism of repentance. And I gave you a verse this morning, Acts 13, 24. John preached the baptism of repentance to Jews only. So you want to put that verse by your notes. He preached the baptism of repentance to Jews only. He did not preach in Jesus' name. So I'm going to show you why some people say, oh, you baptized, but you're not baptized in Jesus' name. Because first baptism was John baptism. It was just baptism of repentance. For, but, but it was for the remission of sin. All right, let's go to the next one. How many got the next one? Acts chapter two. All right. You will get the next time. You missed that one a little slow. Acts chapter two, verse one through four. See, I got I got to go because I got I want to get all this in. Acts chapter two, and verse one through four. We're gonna do the four verses, all right. And when they when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. I asked the class this morning, but I'm gonna ask you today and see you know what number of feasts. With well, the Feast of Pentecost. If you go by the Bible, Leviticus chapter 23. I've asked this church before, please read Leviticus chapter 23. Because it gives you seven feasts to understand the Bible in the new covenant and what they're doing on time, on a time frame. Oh, that they are completing the old covenant. And that's why they knew the Lord would come. The Lord never, ever, ever said he's coming for you Gentiles. Never. He only said he was coming for his people, Israel, and that's why they had the Feast of Tabernacles. If you ever studied the Feast of Tabernacles, I told you before, you got a big old television at home that you were paying money for. It's full of information. All you got to do is go in there and and go in there and Google by typing in the Feast of Tabernacles, and it will show you everything about the Feast of Tabernacles and the Lord's coming during the Feast of Tabernacles, and they can't be talking to you. Nobody told you to celebrate no feast of tabernacles. That's why we're not doing uh, Passover here, because that's a feast. So when we came in here drinking wine and and, 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 uh, eating bread, we were celebrating the Passover. Jesus fulfilled those feast days. That's why you read 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. It'll tell you the feast day was the feast of Passover. These are the four first feasts. I'm going to give them to you again. You're going to get these one day. Number one, the feast of Passover. Sister Carolyn gave her that to her this morning. What's the first feast? The feast of Passover. What does that mean? Christ died. The first thing happened. Now, so that means you at the cross, right? At the cross when Jesus died, he fulfilled the first feast, feast of Passover. Then he he was buried. That's the second feast, the feast of unleavened bread. That's the second feast. So you go back and read, instead of Leviticus 23, you will see this. Then the third feast was called the feast of first fruits. He's the first begotten from the dead. First fruit. That's why if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20 through 24 right in there, you will see first fruits. Christ, our first fruit. You were risen with Christ. And still people are telling you about resurrection. When I get to Hebrew, they'll tell you, don't, don't talk about that no more. That's already happened. All right, and then the... That's Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, first three feasts. Now we come to Acts chapter 2. This is the Feast of Passover. What feast is it? I gave you three and asked you what, the, what it is, and you still look like it. Is this the fourth feast? You go to Leviticus. You're going to study Leviticus, remember? All right. You go through there and you count them out one, two, three, four. So if I ever ask you again, you can flip back to Leviticus and says, Feast of Passover is the fourth feast, Pastor. Now, what's the Feast of Tabernacle? The seventh feast, the last feast. That's what they would wait on the Lord to return. See, if you go and study the Word of God, you don't have to sit around and be ignorant. That's why Paul's ministry is to deliver you from ignorance. I didn't get no witness. (laughs) Paul's ministry is to deliver people from the power of the devil. So why you think I, I, I'm tough? I'm, I'm, I'm not tough, but if you read Acts uh, 26, 18, delivering them from, let's, let's put it on the screen, Acts 26, 18. See, this is why I'm doing this because people don't understand what I'm doing. English is the, is the devil's power. Acts 26 and verse 18. This is Paul's ministry. to open their eyes. Turn them from darkness to light. Turn them from the power of Satan. How many know what the power of Satan is? It's ignorance. It's the power of the devil. So this is why you have to understand what is the power of God? See, that's why that's so important. Paul said in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the Power of God. Why it's called the power of God? Because it's God's knowledge. God's knowledge is God's power. So th- to get power, you got to get what? You got to get knowledge. You got people out here talking about boo devil. Devil ain't booing. You got to get some power. You are delivered from anything and everything when you have the knowledge of the word. That's why the devil's power is to keep you ignorant. That's why Paul messes, you go through Paul's teaching, his whole thing, I would not have you to be ignorant, brothers. He's not calling them ignorant, brothers. He said, I just don't want you to be ignorant, brother. Concerning them that are asleep. And that's why people still are ignorant, because they never found out the truth. They tell the churches, stay away from crumbs, don't go over there. And they're still ignorant. All right, let's move on. Now, we are in, I just showed you Acts 26. That's why I'm teaching on that. It's ignorance. My job is to deliver from ignorance. Hosea 4 6, put it on the screen, one verse. We're going back to Acts 2. Hosea 4, 6. See, these kind of things, you have to understand. Why why did Israel get get in the situation they in? They didn't want the word. The reason why they were in captivity and bondage is because they did not want the word. See, you, people do not understand. They, they say, oh, no, I'm, I'm living for the Lord and, and I'm doing all this." Why you're in bondage. You in bondage because you don't want to work. See, don't tell me about no shotgun house. I had one of those. You in bondage when you could walk in the front, and keep on out the back. That's a shotgun. Hosea four six. Put on the screen. There it is. My people. He talked about his own people. His people destroyed for what reason? For lack of knowledge, he said, and because they lack knowledge, because they, because they have rejected knowledge. See, the reason people don't have it, they reject it. They have sinned in, and in, in, they reject knowledge. They don't want the word. You got 90% of, of people who say they love God won't listen to one service a week. They may get a 9 o'clock, but they ain't mess with that no more. Well, I get that 9 o'clock next Sunday. Oh, it come on podcast, where that at? See, the key is people don't want the work. You can't learn no message no one one time you hear it. You can't learn nothing one time you hear it. My wife knew I love her. I told her. One time. She don't know you love her by no one time. She want to hear it all the time, don't you, wife? She want to hear it all the time. My people are sorry for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. That you shall be no priest to me. They could not be a priest because they didn't know the word. To be a priest, you have to know the word. That's the area of your life that needs to be fulfilled. You need to do that. Know the word. When you know the word, you know what, the, what you need to do before the Lord. You serve God, you worship God with your mind, and you can't do it if you ain't got no word in your mind. Amen. How are you going to worship God? When God tells you to do something, you don't even know that's God. And that's how you serve God is with, through your mind. My people show for lack of knowledge because I have rejected knowledge. I would also reject you that you would be no priest to me. Seeing you have forgotten the law of your God, I would also forget your children because they would not know the word neither. That's what happened to you when you don't want the word, your children become ignorant of God. Tell me about it. We grew up in the house. We got a big Bible sitting on the center stage. And all we do is sit there and look at it. Man, show a sure big Bible there. Don't know nothing in it. Zero. My whole time in growing up, I knew one scripture, and that was Jesus wept. Two verses. And I said them every Sunday in Sunday school. Nobody ever asked and said, man, I need to help this guy out. Nobody said nothing. I got up every Sunday, and I stood up straight up. Jesus wept. Sit down. all I had. Thank God he showed me why he wept. <laughs> My people destroyed for lack of knowledge. All right, let's go to work. So in Acts chapter 2, that's where we are. Verse 1, Acts 2, 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now we know that. So they, that feast they came. They were all in one accord, one place. That's why, because they were having a feast. And suddenly there came a sound of heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and they, were all, they appeared to them cloven tongues tongue like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. It was the coming of the Holy Spirit back to man. Remember Genesis 6 says, my spirit shall not always strive with man and the Spirit of God left man in Genesis 6. And then the earth was destroyed by a flood with Noah. Quite sure you know all that stuff. I don't want to bore you. So let's move on. The second thing I gave you, we go into it now in chapter 2, verse 36. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. You'll get the next one. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know. The house of Israel. All the first eight books, nine, nine chapters, first nine chapters is only to Israel. And yet this is the most taught in, in regular churches today. And the Bible said, therefore, that all the house of Israel know surely that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said to Peter and, John and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said, Peter ain't your apostle. Peter said to them, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, watch this, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. So John baptized unto the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. That means they were forgiven if they came and got water baptized in John ministry. But John ministry passed. Now you had uh, Peter, James, and John ministry where they now would be baptized in water unto repentance and now something's going to happen. They were baptized for remission of sin and now something else is going to happen because in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost had come. All right? So, and you shall receive. And you shall receive. You repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible said, for the promise is unto you and to your children. So the Holy Ghost is called the promise. All right. Now, that was the second one. How many know the third one? Acts chapter 6. Some of y'all are going to be there reading on me. Acts chapter 6. See, it's an awesome thing to be able to have the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can control your mind. That's what James was all about. That's why Paul talked about Philippians 4, uh, let this mind be in you as also in Jesus. only the Holy Ghost can control your mind. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, see, I remember the days when I didn't have the Holy Spirit, because if you don't have the Holy Spirit, your mind is hither and thither, right in the church. How many know what I'm talking about? If you don't have the Holy Spirit, your mind is everywhere at the same time, like like you don't know, like red out. That's how your mind is. It's just like you just showed up and did in the world. You've been there for the first time. <laughs> All right. Let's look, at, let's look at Acts chapter number 6, and we're only going to look at verse 6 because I'm, I want to show you something. I want to get somewhere else. He, Acts 6 and 6. Now, I gave you John baptism. They were baptized in the repentant, but they didn't have to be baptized in, in water in Jesus' name because they didn't have Jesus' name then. Alright, but after they got, after uh, the death of of Jesus, now they had his name. Salvation had come in his name. That's when you read Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Salvation, there's none other salvation but in the name of Jesus. The salvation now is in his name. That's why I tell you, your salvation is not in Jesus' name. Okay, Acts chapter 6, verse 6 on the screen. These six men, they sat down before them. And the Bible says, when they sat before them, they sat before the apostles, when they had prayed, they, they laid their hands on them. So I want you to do two things. First, they did what? They prayed, then second, they Amen. laid their hands on them. Now, why did they do why did they do that is what we want to see. They only laid hands for one purpose and that to receive the Holy Spirit. If you notice, I just read to you, Acts. Uh, before this, uh, uh, under the, uh, Acts chapter 2, and I read to you verse 36 through 38, how they received the Holy Ghost. Well, they did. Repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right? But they, but they didn't show laying on their hands. Is anybody listening to it? All right, but now we get to Acts chapter 6, and we got some men here. Watch what he's going to say of them. Verse number 6 again. Whom, when they sat before them, when they had prayed, now they prayed, then they laid their hands on them. Then they laid their hands on them because that's how they're going to receive the Holy Ghost. All right, you see them moving from one way to the other. All right, and the Bible said, and the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and the great company of the priests was obedient to the faith. All right, they were obedient because now they were learning the word. All right, we're going to go to the next one? Acts chapter 8, you get the next one, okay? Acts chapter 8, we missed you a time there. Acts chapter 8, all right, now I told you we're going to start verse 14. I'm not going to be able to read all the other stuff. Uh, now let's read verse 12 first. Let's read 12, then we're going to go down to verse 14. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. Always on the screen. But when they believed Philip preaching, now remember Philip was one of the six, Acts chapter six, that they laid hands on, right? Acts chapter six. All right, you're gonna see, when you read Acts chapter seven, you didn't read it, but when you read it, there was a man named Stephen, also one of the six. He died. Remember he preached the whole book of Acts chapter seven. That's how much he he preached because that was the Holy Ghost. All right. Now, Acts chapter 8, verse 12, said, and when they believed Philip preaching, the thing concerning the kingdom of God, what did Philip preach? The thing concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. They're saying that because they're going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They were all baptized, men and women. So they believed, Philip preached in the kingdom of God and they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what it mean. All right, now let's go to verse 14. Let's skip down to verse 14. You'll join the word. Amen. All right. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, whom when they had come down, prayed for them. Now, these people had received the word of God, but they couldn't receive the Holy Ghost because Peter and John Was the only one who could do that, because why? They were Jesus' disciples, and they had been hand had been laid on them, and Jesus had already empowered them, and told them back there in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that you can lay hands. Right? They had the power. They gave them power over all the power of the devil. Remember all that? Right? These guys had the power. See, that's why you don't need to be having no, nobody, no anybody laying no hands on you to get something. You can only receive the spirit that they have. Don't forget what I just said. So if they have the spirit of the devil, they just gave it to you. See, that's why when I was when I was ordained as a, as a preacher, I never forget that. All those preachers came out of the pulpit. The man got him and said, let's, 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 lay, let's, let's lay hands on this preacher. Let's, uh, let's ordain this preacher. And all the guys came out. Guys, you can see the top of their cigarette pack. They all came out down came down to me. All of them gather around me. There ain't no more smoke in the valley. They all gather around me and I'm thinking about, Lord, let me get out of this. <laughs> they come here to ordain me. Lord. See that's what happened. They laid hands on that sheep. They had two goats in the old covenant. They laid hands on one, and Talmalusi ran wild in the wilderness. That's what happened. You people laid the wrong hand on you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and verse seventeen, uh, they laid hands on. In verse fifteen, they came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And verse 16, so for he wasn't wasn't fallen on none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, but they didn't have the Holy Ghost. How many can see that now in the Old Covenant? That would see people to tell you, have you received the Holy Ghost? Oh, I've been baptized to all water in Jesus' name. I didn't ask you that. Have you received the Holy? How many heard that? Because they, they, they want to lay them hands on you. They want to lay hands on you. Whom when they were come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. You, you hear what, you got that? All right, that's, see, that's what people are trying to do now. Peter, James, and John ministry. What's next? Acts chapter 10. You get the next one. We at 8? Acts chapter 8? Acts chapter 10, right? All right. Acts chapter 10, what verse I want? 34. I said I'm going to start at 34. I'm not going to be able to get all of that. I'm going to go down there and, to verse 44 because I don't have the time. I only got about three minutes. Man, it's hour gone. Acts chapter 10, verse 30, uh, 44. When Peter was yet spoke these words. Now, these were Gentiles who came from Cornelia's house, and they, they, they came here. I'm sorry. They came to Cornelius' house, uh, and they were people who came here, and they came to hear the word of the Lord. Cornelius sent them to get Peter. Now, Peter here preaching to them. Same thing he'd been preaching to everybody else. He didn't have one message. That's Christ had died, okay? But he wasn't talking about Christ death, being a resurrection, like Paul. But he's talking about he died and rose again. They had been crucified. He tell them all of that. But he's Jesus. He is the Christ. All right? Why he preaching these things? The Bible says, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. The Holy Ghost fell on all of them. He didn't get a chance to lay no hands on them at all. So the Holy Ghost fell on all of them that heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed was astonished. As many as came with Peter, because on the Gentiles. It was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Nobody had to lay hands on them at all. See, God just came out the box. And then verse number 46 said, and they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. Then Peter said, can any man forbid these Gentile water that they should be baptized? They received the Holy Ghost as well as we have. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Then they prayed them to tear a certain day. See, that's what people getting this stuff from. You never got to your salvation. You only did it with the Jews. All right, what I gave you next? 18. Acts chapter 19. Now, Paul is going to see some Jews out here. He's going to find some Jews that were baptized in John's baptism. Okay, Acts chapter 19, verse 1. It came to pass that while Apollo was at Corinth, we had Acts 19 and 1. When Paul was suppressed, he was pressed through uh, uh, in his spirit, the Bible tell you. He was pressed in his spirit, and he came to Ephesus. The Holy Ghost was moving on him. So he came to Ephesus. He found certain disciples. He said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe?" Remember these John, John they were baptized by John the Baptist. So you know they were not baptized in the name of Jesus. They baptized unto repentance, right? Right. Jesus hadn't died yet. He said to them, "Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe?" And they said to him, "We have not so much as heard well there being the Holy Ghost." And he said to them, "Unto, uh, unto then, what was you baptized?" And they said, "We was baptized by John. John baptism." Then Paul said, "John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him." That's all you had to do, believe on Jesus Christ, believe Jesus the Christ, believe he's coming. See, John was, John was preaching. Jesus hadn't come yet. John, Jesus' ministry hadn't, hadn't started yet till John died, which shall come after him, which is on Christ. Believe the man that's coming after me. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. See, that's why people tell you, you've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You got to be baptized again. And none of this is going to save you, sir. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied, see? And all the men was about 12, and he went into the synagogue and he spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing, persuading the thing concerning the kingdom of God. What was Paul still preaching? Ah, right, come on, it take you too long. Let me read it again. And he went into the synagogue and he spake boldness in the space of three months, disputing and persuading the thing concerning the kingdom of God. And I said, What was Paul preaching then? Yeah. Come back hither. Yeah. All right, y'all was on something else. That's all that was. Remember, let's go to Acts chapter 20, chapter 20 and verse 25. He was, he was still preaching the kingdom of God. Paul was. I said, Paul was. Yeah. Paul wasn't preaching grace yet. See, that's why I'm teaching you the apostle Paul ministry. Paul was not preaching grace yet. Paul started out in Acts chapter 9 preaching Jesus the Christ, and they want to kill him. Now he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He don't know about no grace yet. I'm trying to help you. you. This is why you got, you can't think you got this. I thought I did. Acts chapter number 20. Now, Paul, he sent out to get the, the people from Miletus, Ephesus. So you can go to your Bible, you can find out the seven churches of Asia occupied by the Romans at that time. Ephesus was one of the first churches, it was the largest at that time. You can see the ruins of the church of Revelation, the first one ever. You can see all of those seven churches have been destroyed, and yet people still think Jesus is still coming. And, and it's bad. It's real bad. All right. Now, Paul gave his testimony. But verse 25, let's read verse 25. Just one verse. And now behold, I know you all of whom I have gone. I just showed you what he preached. That's why I got on you on, on chapter 19. I showed you what he preached. Acts nineteen eight. Go back there. They ain't got it. Go back there. Acts 19, 8 they ain't got it excuse me they ain't got it Acts nineteen eight. he was disputing persuading the thing concerning the kingdom of God what had Paul been preaching let's go to Acts chapter 20 and verse 25 he gonna tell you again he brought these guys out he said now I know you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more his ministry of preaching the kingdom of God is over He had been preaching the kingdom to the Jews. He's not going to do that no more until the end of the book. Well, let's go back and see what he's preaching now. Back to verse number 24. 24 told you what he's going to have to go preach. He said, I've been preaching the kingdom of God. I got something else to do. Verse 24 said, but none of these things move me. I know people want to kill me. But none of these move me, neither can I my life build of myself that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is it, Paul? Tell us. I got to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Somebody give me. I got to preach the grace of God. Come on, stand up on your feet. I got to preach the gospel of the grace of God. Say it. Paul had to preach the gospel of the grace of God. Now, where is Paul going? See, that's where we're going to pick it up the next time. Paul is on his way to Jerusalem. And he's going to be locked up and turned over to the Romans. And from the rest of your books, Paul is going to be in prison. Come on, clap your hand. Thank the Lord for what you've learned.